Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 2004 rom-com, 50 First Dates. But before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. If you love the podcast and you want to support us, here's a few ways you can. Did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners? If you want to be featured and help us grow, head to Apple, Spotify, Podchasers, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. I believe we have some new reviews this week. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to read just one of them because we ain't got time for all. This review is from Issa and it's titled Slay with multiple exclamation points. Such a fun podcast. Jackie and Danielle are hilarious and the vibes are a blast. It's so nostalgic to think back on the movies that raised me, not to mention a great introduction to movies I'm not as familiar with. Heart emoji. Oh, that was so nice. Thank you, Isa. Thank you, Isa. Have you subscribed to our show? If it's your favorite podcast, you need to subscribe so you know when our new episodes come out. And if you like what you hear this far, subscribe or become a Patreon bestie, patreon.com slash no more late fees. You'll get a bunch of exclusive content, Spotify playlists. Um, so yeah, join us over there. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of like making fun of Danielle. So join us, won't you? Right into the movie, brief synopsis about 50 first dates. Playboy vet as in veterinarian, not a vet as a playboy. <laughs> Henry sets his heart on romancing Lucy, but she has short-term memory loss. She can't remember anything that happened the day before. So every morning, Henry has to woo her again. Her friends and family are very protective, and Henry must convince them that he's in, in it for the love. For love. Or the love. The love. It, the love. The love that he has to give. <laughs> the movie stars Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Rob Schneider, Blake Clark, Sean Astin, and Dan Aykroyd. The movie was directed by Peter Siegel and written by George Wing, which I think it's really funny that the person who directed is a bird and the other one is a part of a bird. Just saying. <laughs> you can current- made in heaven. It was. <laughs> you can currently watch the movie on Stars. But before we get started, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Eh, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. Just trash it up. Trash. <laughs> Trashy trash trash. Trash 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 trash. <laughs> Danielle, what was your Y2K rating of 50 First Dates? I own it. I loved it when I saw it. Same. It is, it is, it was, continues to be a comfort movie for me. So 100% agree. I would buy it. Now, where Danielle is today, we might have some disagreements. Just saying. 
just prepare yourself <laughs> that this will not be a no more late fee. He's employee uh, pick of 2024. Pick. I'm sorry, Jackie. <laughs> because um, so <laughs> i love the wedding singer and jackie prefers 50 first dates i don't mm-hmm. hate this movie i really don't i like i take it for what it is i think out of yep. the adam sandler movies it's one of the best it's just now with my what is it my frontal lobe being fully developed now <laughs> i got questions like what's happening i mean i have questions as well but <laughs> I choose to ignore a lot <laughs> much like I do for can't hardly wait <laughs> yeah I think maybe I'm just having an awakening in life and I'm just I'm like I don't know just is vibing with today Danielle that's okay <laughs> we just side eye on some stuff <laughs> it's good uh, to ask questions <laughs> yeah it is like sir where's that candy from that you're trying to give me why does it taste funny? Why do I feel sleepy? <laughs> What's in this? I'm like, where in the movie is he handing out candy? <laughs> These are just hypotheticals from Danielle. <laughs> yes. Let's get into the budget. The movie had a budget of $75 million. I want to say that's that seems like a lot for a, for a rom-com maybe. And I was thinking, like, where did the money go? Not that I don't see it, but I'm trying to figure out, like, what which bu- buckets it went into. And I was thinking, okay, probably their paychecks. Yes. One. And Hawaii is extremely expensive location to shoot. Yeah. So I was it like, does okay. have some CGI, too. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But, I mean, can't complain. They made it back and then some. So Making that bank. It worldwide it made 198.5 million. And of the three movies that Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have made together, this is the only one that was number one at the box office and made over a hundred million dollars. And like the inspiration behind the movie was taken from Harold Ramey's romantic comedy Groundhog Day. Ramey's Ramus? I don't know. Ramis. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's a good thing that we have certain parameters on this podcast that we are only doing 95 to 2005 because the way I would have said that we had to do Groundhog Day, I love that movie so much. I don't think I've ever seen it. So let's talk about casting because I mean like this cast, in my opinion, is top notch. Everyone ate every scene they were in. I I love the I I I love the cast. I would have preferred Rob Schneider not to be in it. I agree. But I other agree. than that, and, and I have just come to accept the fact that he's always going to play some sort of caricature. Caricature. Okay, um, so I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. <laughs> I just feel so passionately about how I don't. Okay. So he's Filipino, right? He's mm-hmm. part, he's part Filipino and there are a lot of Filipino Pino people, a, a good Filipino population in Hawaii. I don't know much about, you know, how the locals per se, I looked up some things to see how people felt. Some people didn't care, especially back then. 
they were just because they didn't associate themselves. They did not feel like he was playing Hawaiian, Mm -hmm. like a native Hawaiian person. They did not feel that whatsoever. So they didn't really feel offended completely by it. They knew it was a caricature. But then now with some hindsight, some people are like, yeah, did not love that at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. Not great. I just love how Adam Sandler in his movies, like, do I think Adam Sandler is racist? No. But do I think he has some white man bias? Yeah, a a bit. And there's definitely a blind spot when honoring other cultures in his movies. Yeah. And I think he thinks he's okay or has a past because he's like look my best one of my best friends rob schneider is part filipino and my other really good friend is black and that is i think a nuance that's missed for a lot of white people not understanding the culture within those subcultures that just because you know you are a black person or you are an asian person they are not monoliths Mm -hmm. and they might not be held in high regard in their own cultures. Like I could go on the street and ask a bunch of black people if Chris Rock represents them in any way. And I promise you that's not going to be, they don't rock with the rock. You know what I mean? (laughs) He has shown time and time again that he gives passes to his white counterparts access to things that he really has no keys to give access to in the first place so i just want y'all to know if you got if you your black friend adjacent or asian friend adjacent does not mean that you should not look inwards at your own bias and maybe potential racism so adam check in yo just say it just a little because He's got the worst black people on his team. I'm just going to say it. Terry (laughs) Crews. Terry Crews is another one that we as a culture be side-eyeing about some of the things he be saying. So maybe you should go, you know, get somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Denzel's Denzel's not going to do it. Find someone less problematic. (laughs) Right. I, I just feel like out of all these movies, he he has all these beautiful, well, I, I'll quote beautiful because that's up to the, the beholder, but he's got some se- semi-attractive women as his counterparts in these mm-hmm. movies. And I'm like, you couldn't get a black girl, could get a beautiful Asian girl. He did have Selma Hayek mm-hmm. in his later movies. So I guess. <laughs> well, so Ken, Danielle, and I all went to the same high school. Ken was older, and he went to uh, Jackie Titone, Adam Sandler's now wife, was in his in his class in high school. And he said that it took him many viewings of this movie, and every time he's like, that Dennis looks familiar. <laughs> Before he connected those dots at that, oh, that's Jackie Titone. I went to high school with her. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of well known that, like, Adam Sandler married a girl from Coral Springs and stuff. So 
the math wasn't math and for him for a while. <laughs> yeah. Precious Ken. Precious, uh, precious Ken. <laughs> I think that's funny that she was in his grade and then we had Chris in ours. I, I think we've talked about Chris a few times on this mm-hmm. podcast. We probably owe him some royalties at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's jump in. So the first thing we see is like an opening montage of all of these women talking about their Hawaiian vacation and how they hooked up with Henry. Oh, what his game is, Jackie, because let me tell you, there have you seen men that come from Hawaii? Yes. <laughs> Do you think my ass is going to Hawaii and I'm coming, I'm sleeping with dad before I go? Girl, <laughs> ain't no way. And then he was talking about he didn't booze him up. There's just no way. Yeah. I would, I would need a, a reason. Like, He's the he's the kind of guy that I I need some time to like fall in love with him because you know of his personality, and I say that because I'm in Hawaii. Yeah, Aquaman is from Hawaii. Aquaman. If you have the cho- choice between Jason Momoa and Adam Sandler, like there's I'm 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 running over Adam Sandler <laughs> with glass heels. To get to Jason Momoa. You are throwing the trident at (laughs) Adam Sandler on your way to Jason Momoa. There ain't no way. Ain't no way. (laughs) A Hawaii 5 is a Florida 10, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So there's no way I want a Brooklyn 3 to get in my way. The math doesn't add up. Yeah. And and like, really, you're going to hook up with like, a transplant from the states no man why okay yeah he's a vet fine and he has money okay but where do i see it he but got does a bust- he <laughs> i don't know that's what i'm trying to figure out he got a busted ass boat and he style- lives at the aquarium it seems like and his style is whack even for hawaii standards that's very laid back i when he was wearing the t-shirts he was, I'm like, did he just show up on set? <laughs> like, are those his regular clothes? And yes. then they're like, he's like, okay, no, nah, no, nah, I don't need wardrobe. Because <laughs> the budget definitely did not go to wardrobe. It did not. I mean, Drew Barrymore's wearing that pink shirt every goddamn day. And we know why. Because it's like, she doesn't remember. But... The dad keeps on rewashing those shirts, and I'm like, isn't this going to shrink at some point? Or, like, fade or get really yeah. thin. Yeah. Although, and- once they start telling her every day that she has a traumatic brain injury, she does start wearing other outfits, which I it took me a long time to realize that she mm-hmm. starts doing that. But I, I thought that was a nice touch that she could like move on from the pink, the pink shirt. <laughs> I I feel like I would be I would have picked out a new outfit every day, like because it's rare that I ever go to bed thinking this is what I'm gonna yes. wear. So if I can't find my pink shirt, that's fine. I got it. Yeah, I got a whole closet full of clothes. Yeah, I would hide it for real. <laughs> Second <laughs> is damn shirt. 
cycle it out. Like, right. okay, <laughs> Mondays we wear this this shirt. Tuesdays we wear this shirt. At least give her a, a, a week's worth of wardrobe. She was ahead of her time. She was. Wednesdays we, we wear pink. That's true. <laughs> That's what she, Lucy was, <laughs> ready to be a mean girl. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, yes, then we see Henry bro- breaking up with his latest conquest. He's pretending to be like a CIA agent, hops on some random dude's wave runner, and's like, I'll pay you 20 bucks, just keep driving. And the guy's like, bet. $20. <laughs> I would have, I would have, he, he would have scared me and I would have pushed him off. Like, there's no you way. You flipped the wave runner Because <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Well, you're doing a lot to try to get away from this pretty hot girl. Like, Yeah. And she's getting on an airplane. Right. You could have just ghosted her by not calling her back, yeah. but doing the most. Oh, so. let me tell you a story about my cruise real quick. Because it has to do with the ocean. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we went to MSC's private island and in the middle is like this lagoon area. And they had like floaty docks out in the middle of it. And so me and a couple of my coworkers were like, we're going to swim out to the floaty docks. So we get out there and then we're doing like flippies off the docks and having a great time. And then we're swimming back in and the two of them are a little ahead of me. And I'm getting close to shore. And then my other coworker's husband, who like jokes around a lot, he's like, hey, Jackie, there's a shark headed for you. And I was like, I kind of looked at him and he's like, no, I'm really serious. It's headed for you. It's a nurse shark. It's okay. But I wanted to let you know. And so now my brain is spinning because I thought this lagoon had nets and like nothing was getting in here. And I, I've swam with nurse sharks pre- before, but I was mentally prepared to swim with nurse sharks. I don't and- even know what kind of, all I hear is my girl's in the water with sharks. <laughs> what does this mean? You talk about a baby shark? Like they sing that song about? That Did sounds ya. safe. Did ya? So I finally see it. It is at least six feet long. What? Yeah, it is like the size of my coworker Brian. I was like about that wide and about that tall. That's how big it was. And my brain was just like, okay, alligators use zigzag. Like I could not for the life of me remember what you do in case you're attacked by a shark. And so, (laughs) and part of the problem was I couldn't see it. Like if I had seen it to know where its head was, I'd have more of a defensive plan. And then my coworker's husband's like, oh, okay. It like turned away from you. It's swimming away now. And that's when I saw it. And I was just like, what the fuck, man? Where was Ken? He was sleeping in the cabana. Ken, you have (laughs) one job. But then I like voice memo my family and I tell them the saga and my sister immediately starts texting Max, oh, sharks are the puppies of the sea. And nurse sharks are called that because they eat via suction. And so unless you stuck your hand in its mouth, like there was no way it could bite you. And <laughs> just reassuring me, I was like, okay. 
No. So that was my the, uh, my experience on the cruise is I I unknowingly went swimming with a shark. Couldn't be me, Lord. Couldn't be me. <laughs> Which is why I prefer a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> Now back to the movie. We then meet Ula. We're at Henry's job, the aquarium. And like I said, it seems like he sleeps in the back of the dolphin exhibit. I don't know. His office, essentially. But there's a couch and it's a mess. And then Ula is getting stitched up because he was, in fact, attacked by a shark. Jesus. (laughs) Which, then, go ahead. Which, if in Hawaii they don't play around about sharks, and so if any is any are spotted even close, they have so many different alerts. They will clear the beach if they even spot anyone anything coming close. So that was like one of the. I have a whole section of debunks from this movie. <laughs> that is a debunk that very unlikely that that would have happened to especially a local. Because they're so aware of, like, the shark situation. So, but we also know he's an idiot, so. (laughs) And then, Danielle, how did you feel about Ula's feet on Henry's pillow? I was disgusted. (laughs) And not only disgusted because he put his foot on there, he sat on it as well. And when he put his foot on there, there was like a dirty footprint. <laughs> and I think the thing that makes me disgusted the most is that I know that Adam's character was not going to change the pillowcase. He going to lay on it. He going to turn it over and just lay on it. <laughs> I know it. Henry <laughs> is going to lay on it. Gross. I would have. I would have knocked him out for real. I'm not joking. I I, I might have not been. I, I wouldn't be like before I could even think about it. My 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 arm would have been all the way back. cocked back here. <laughs> as soon no as way. I saw it, I was like, oh, Danielle's going to have something to say. about the the <laughs> yeah, I was not happy. I was like, gross. <laughs> we also meet Ula's plethora of children who are always recording him for some reason. They always have a camcorder. Why does Rob Schneider always have a bunch of kids in these movies? Because in Grown Ups, he has all of these daughters. That's like the the running joke that he has a bunch of beautiful daughters and then like maybe one that's like not so cute. So I'm like, why he has so many kids? Does he have a lot of kids in real life? You think? I don't think so. He has L King. That's the yeah. only one I know of. Anywho, yeah. So he's got a bunch of little kids making fun of him with lame jokes and whatnot. And he's very in love with Henry's lifestyle that Henry gets. He's living vicariously through Henry because he's tied down with his wife and his many children. And Henry gets to sleep with the new chick of the week. And yeah, loves yeah. loves it. <laughs> he only has one. Al King is the only child. Okay, so we're just living out other dreams. I don't know. <laughs> yep. So then next we meet Alexa, who is she's European. I don't know what I don't, country. And, and, and I guess 
gender ambiguous? I I thought she was a woman and that he was just making mean jokes about her not being a woman. Because but then I was like, okay, maybe she's just like I I, I don't know. It, it it's one of those things where they don't out like outwardly make like trans jokes but it's like implied at times i didn't know what they were trying to do i didn't know where they were trying to go i just know it made me kind of cringe yes either way because now like back then i don't even think i really thought about her character at all you know oh men think it's funny to take a unconventional woman and make fun of her either she's she's tall and skinny but she again is not like the beauty standard Mm -hmm. or they take like a fat woman or something it's always something outside of the the norm I guess you could say and you're kind of like yeah I'm not really amused by any of this but okay yes I (laughs) I agree so so they they like you know they're working together and she she does hit on him essentially like she tries to throw herself at him and that's where mm-hmm. some of the weird jokes come from but he dismisses her and i believe this is then we see don't we see him at the he goes to the cafe to, no he's dry he's driving no he's on his boat there Sorry. You go. <laughs> he's on his boat and which looks like one of those you ever been to Orlando and you go to one of those resorts and they have like a fake boat at the pool yes that's that's the vibes it's it's like it's not supposed to be really hitting the sea (laughs) he's on his boat and his boat is falling apart so he kind of gets stuck someone comes to get him drops him off to the to the mainland and he ends up going to this local cafe so that he can wait for the coast Guard to get his really bad jack sparrow boat um Lao cafe <laughs> yes yeah so this diner where lucy where has breakfast every morning where henry is at it was originally a house that was remodeled for the movie it is located on the macadamia nut farm on the eastern side of oahu <laughs> the same house was also used in the 2003 movie Tears of the Sun and scenes from the Jurassic Park movie in 93 were also filmed in open fields nearby. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And we meet, not only do we meet Lucy for the first time, we meet Sue, who we find out is, I can't tell if it's her restaurant or she's just working there all the time. I think it's her restaurant. And I know when I was looking at like how authentic the film was, the the diner itself was very authentic. And then the whole, I you know, her, her part and then her son's part is very like what it's like. <laughs> is that um, her son? Be, it's supposed or to be nephew her son. or something like that. I don't, I don't know if he's her real nephew or real son, but like that relationship is normal. Like to see that kind of bickering I and stuff I, like that. Yeah. And she's Lucy's mom's best friend. So yes. that's why she watches out for her. Yeah. So Lucy goes to the cafe for waffles every Sunday. And because since her brain injury, she goes there every day now. Henry walks in. 
they kind of give him a hard time because he's a non-native and kind of goofy looking walking into this cafe. Well, he, I don't know who, I mean, the, the guy who's sitting at the bar gives him a hard time, but I think he just gives him time because he's an asshole. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't and think then, the rest of them give him a hard time until he starts engaging with Lucy. That's yeah. And, and Sue does a, they ask him if he wants a menu or what he wants to eat. And he says he ate breakfast, but it consisted of peanut butter cups and coffee or something. And she's like, yes. that's not a breakfast. I'm going to bring you spam and eggs. And so from then on, the cook always refers to Henry <laughs> as peanut, bu- peanut butter cups. So Henry sees Lucy at the table. She's reading. She's building a little waffle teepee. Um and I don't think he does he approach her on the first day? He does. He sees he sees no. Well, she actually, I think, says something to. Well, yes, he does approach her because she is spinning her knife and it hits the reflection and starts yeah. to line him. So he notices her. And I think he like moves over. To like sit near her and she sees that he's eating alone and she invites him to sit with her it's because he gives her the toothpick to make her little door that's the next day that's the next day yeah i think she asked him i don't know i feel like they talked the first day but i thought it was because of the i think she invites him over to with him. I think I think he just like compliments her waffle TP. Like I think it's a very short interaction with them the first day. I, I think I think she he made the toothpick because the other days that he thinks that he could try it, she's like the no. toothpick is definitely the next day because it's when she's building a house. And oh she, yeah, she just has a TP. She just has yeah. a, you're right. She just has a TP. I think she invites him just to, to sit, down sit with, with her. her. Yeah. And then um, they talk and then they say to meet the next day or whatever. Yeah. And then he comes back to the restaurant the next day. This is when she's trying to figure out how to do a door for her little waffle house. And he comes over with a toothpick and helps her make a hinge. Mm-hmm. And she invites him to sit down and she comments on his fishy smell. And they get in a conversation about how his her dad and brother or fisherman, they're out for long periods of time. And so she always, like, she's very fond of that smell because when they come home, they smell like fish. And then he offers for her to sniff his fingers. Gross. That is another debunked. Uh, <laughs> um, so Lucy, despite, let's see, where is it? Oh, so yeah, the very first time they meet, Lucy mentions that her father and brother often leave home on the fishing boat for months at a time. In reality, coming across fishermen who are out to sea for a long time is not likely. And that is because in Hawaii, they have very strict rules about fishing, what you can fish. And and so it just makes no sense that you're going out for that long. I, and I had the same thought even when watching it like way back when I'm like, this is not world's deadliest catch. <laughs> right. Um. <clears throat> so. Oh, and then we they walk out to their cars and they're still kind of talking and stuff. 
And Lucy explains it's her dad's birthday and they're going to pick a pineapple so she can make him a pineapple upside down cake. And it's a tradition that they have. Let's meet tomorrow for lunch. There is a car parked in between them. And so they're each on the opposite side of this van doing a little happy dance, but the van pulls out and they see each other doing their little happy dances. So I want to take a moment to declare my love for Lucy's vehicle. It's behind me. Here it is. It is a Cuba Wagen or a Type 151 or a thing. It's all synonymous with this military vehicle that I love and desperately want. So <laughs> Ken claims that is part of the reason why I love this movie so much because the Cuba Wagen gets a lot of airtime. <laughs> okay. Moving on. We then get a scene where Henry is playing golf with Ula and the kids and Ula goes to swing and does the happy Gilmore approach to golfing and Henry makes a comment comment that's the stupidest fucking swing I've ever seen so poking a little fun at his previous movie and then it is Henry's turn to golf I'm trying real hard with these golfing terms I don't hit hit the ball I don't know putt It's not putting because he had to hit it hard. It's not on the green yet. Sorry, Nick. Uh, And then his ball goes off a cliff and he gets down there and then Lucy's down there and she's like hitting on him and she just is saying like, I want to kiss you the next day and the next day and the next day, which is kind of foreshadowing her injury. And then Henry wakes up and it turns out that was all in his head and he his ball had hit like the ricocheted. golf cart and ricocheted and knocked him out so now but henry is like really faced it, by this because yeah. he's like i've never like had a second thought about any girl that i've met right he's a so. hit it and quit it and now he's like hallucinating this he's girl strong. he just met I don't know, Jackie. Are you sure it was the second day? I feel like all this magic happened that first day that they met. And it then was he the came. second day. I took so what notes, did, Danielle. But what did he do the first day? He just looked at her? I don't know. You want me to pull up the movie and watch the scene? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just confused. <laughs> because it was the waffle TP the first day. And then he comes back the second day. And does the hinge. And, and does the hinge. I just, I just were can't two remember different what they. Waffle buildings. <laughs> I was just trying to see like <laughs> what they did that first day. But you know what? That's all I want. I just want to know what happened the first time. <laughs> and I know we're supposed to provide that, but we already know my brain is like a goldfish. So I've already forgotten. I watched this like a week or two ago. So. <laughs> I watched Uh, it two nights ago, but I'm like, I've seen this movie a lot. I don't have to take super detailed notes. So it was really, I took notes of what she was building on what day. Gotcha. (laughs) But when he goes back, then does he run into her a second time that day? No. Okay. But he goes back the next day because they're supposed to have a date. While they're golfing, uh, Ula's like, I found a, a... tourist for you uh-huh. uh and so then we get the scene with missy pile <laughs> who is lovely and i love her and everything she does and this is when we find out that henry's mo is to provide them these fish bowls of 
drinks, but they're actually non-alcoholic. That way he doesn't feel guilty about like taking advantage of a drunk woman. Woman. Yeah. I love her and bringing down the house the most. <laughs> that fight scene with her and Queen Latifah always cracks me up. I always think of her in the episode of Friends where Ross bleaches his teeth. And and she ha- she has a house full of UV lights and like black light posters and stuff. <laughs> she's always like, or she's like, why are your teeth so insanely white? <laughs> That's what Missy Pyle means to me, I guess. <laughs> and I, in this scene, this is another realization for Henry that he really does like Lucy because. He's like, you know what? This doesn't feel right. He tells her like, there's no alcohol in it. She's like, I, you know, I'm still down, down for it. He sends her in the direction of what's the lady's name Alexa. again? Alexa. Alexa, who also seems to be down to play as well. But and then the-, the next day comes back and says, I guess I prefer sausage oh. more than tacos. Do you hear my Alexa talking? Because she. <laughs> <laughs> yours is talking to you <laughs> we're gonna have to call her a because i'm not trying to hear that you're such a, well, such I was a watching loud a movie last night it kept going off too oh geez <laughs> so henry shows up at the after this realization henry shows up at the restaurant the next day and he's like super confident because we've already made this plan to me walks right up and he's like my fingers are extra fishy for you today and she's like what in the actual fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) she she plays into the left real quick and she's like i've never met you i don't know why you're approaching me like she's very skeeved out And so Sue comes and like pulls Henry outside and explains to him that she had a traumatic brain injury due to a car accident a year ago and her short-term memory resets every night while she's sleeping. She she still retains her long-term memory, but her short-term clean slate every day. Right. Because they're in two different parts of your brain. Although we do have to say that this disease or neurological condition is called Goldfield syndrome and is entirely fictional. True anterograde amnesia affects either short-term memory, which can last minutes or seconds, or immediate-term memory, which can last days or weeks. Falling asleep has nothing to do with the condition and sleep actually intensifies many chemical effects, which helps memory. So just know if you meet a guy or a girl and they try to pull a Lucy on you, they lie. <laughs> um, Stu also explains in detail Lucy's accident. It was, a cow stepped into the road while they were driving to get the pineapple for dad's pineapple upside down cake for his birthday. He swerved. I'm assuming no one was wearing seatbelts because he broke a bunch of ribs and she had a severe head injury. And I have another debunked for that. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) One, because most of the island is either like they don't. Okay. 
they are not doing a lot of producing of goods. So Lucy and her father drove up the North Shore to pick up pineapple for his birthday, as you said. But since Hawaii's illegal annexation, which we should note, it's an illegal annexation by the U.S. in 1898, the islands have been increasingly dependent on imported goods, producing just 10% of their own food. This work is left to the local farmers, and farms are not generally open to families looking to pick their own produce. And also, same when it comes to, like, when we look at Lucy's house, when we see that later, how it's, like, on the beach. That is very rare as well to have that much property, that much space. And for any of the locals, even the ones that, you know, came from the States, to have that kind of real estate because so much of the land is owned by these huge billionaires that own much of that prime real estate. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. The car, oh, the cow was uninjured. We find out Thank later. God. And the car dad was driving was a Toyota Land Cruiser. And so then we see insight into Lucy's home life. She lives with her dad, Marlon, and her brother, Doug. Doug is a fitness enthusiast, but also like juices and is really stupid. <laughs> well, shout out to Blake Clark, who plays Marlon. Well, the shout out is actually to our friends, Bro Meets World, because he plays Sean's dad on Boy Meets World, if you don't know. And we actually did the episode on Bro Meets World where his he character the bucket. dies. And so you should head over to Bro Meets World and check out that episode that we guessed guessed it on and give them some love. His career is way beyond that. He he's a huge voice actor yes. for Disney and Pixar. And who plays he, he the dog? Yeah. So I know what it was. I have a fun fact about this. <laughs> so um Jim Varney voiced Slinky Dog. Right. And Jim Varney unfortunately he passed away after the first or second movie him and Blake Clark are very were very very good friends and sounded similar so he took over the voice of Slinky Dog for his friend after he passed away that's what it was you're right so many fun facts diving back into 50 first <laughs> dates <laughs> So we see dad and Doug kind of go through this routine every evening. Dad tells her that he's painted his shop white and she can go and paint anything she wants because she's an artist that teaches at the local school. Um, uh, it's dad's birthday, so obviously they have pineapple upside down cake for his birthday treat. She gives him the sixth sense. She suggests that they watch the Vikings game while she's painting. And so it's all these little things that they have to do every day. There's another foot incident, which is Sean Astin's character. Oh, what is his name? Doug. Doug is like, he's like picking his feet or doing something real nasty. Yes. And then the dad like throws his shoe at them. And this was another debunk, too, because they were saying because Asian culture is so infused in Hawaiian culture as well, that usually people don't wear their shoes in the house. But I don't know if it would if if the like white people would adhere to that as well. But... I, well, and D Doug is just dumb and uncouth in general. <laughs> well, it's the dad who's wearing shoes because he takes okay. a shoe to go throw it off on him. So. Either way, this made me cringe because uh, I was like, 
I hate feet. <laughs> if, if you want to know something about me, I don't want to see it. Feet ain't it. No, nah, it's not my thing. Continue. So, and even on this day, like Lucy comes in and she's like, oh, how's the game going? And Doug's like, I think Culpepper's going to do a blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And loser does dishes. So she takes the bet. And of course she loses. Ken got very excited at the mention of Dante Culpepper. He is a UCF alumni and went to school while Ken was at UCF. So he watched Dante's college career. So he yelled Culpepper many times during that scene. Okay. (laughs) Sounds familiar. (laughs) He, He play with that ball. Hello, kids of the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Radical Ryan Hunter here from the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. Join me along with everyone's favorite brother, David, and the movie geek Rob every Friday as we discuss everything from movies, TV, video games, music, action figures, and more. Every week's another adventure. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcasting platforms. Hope to see you there. Radical ones. <laughs> so then Lucy goes to bed, and then we see Doug and Marlon resetting everything for the next day. They wash her shirt, they paint over. Marlon takes pictures every day, it seems, of her artwork and then paints over it. They rewrap. The Sixth Sense, they hide the Vikings tape, they have a freezer full of pineapples because it's, I'm assuming, the off-season for pineapples. Right. They have a stack of newspapers, so it's always reflecting October 13th of last year. So they have this whole routine that they do while Lucy's sleeping to kind of reset for the next day. I And when we get to, I know we're going to get to it, so eventually they do start telling her instead of playing this charade I just feel like that would be so traumatizing like to wake up every morning and like the way that she handles it it's like okay and then she just goes about her day it seems like I would have liked them to show days where she's like not talking to anybody I mean she does cry obviously Mm -hmm. but like I would be full-on depressed yes but Ken pointed out at the end Mm-hmm. because you know like she says the thing about like am I just gonna wake up pregnant and not know how I got here blah 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 but then right. at the end spoilers if you have not seen this movie uh-huh. that is 20, 20 years, years later old, um that Lucy says I dream about you almost every night mm-hmm. so he's he points out by the end she's probably she knows about him because she dreams about him every night and then she wakes up to this tape so it's not a complete shock shock by the end because she is storing some sort of memory of henry yeah probably then her daughter when she has her daughter and stuff yeah i think so but i just feel at the beginning it's probably incredibly traumatizing but also she journals so i think like she probably wakes up and it's she was probably in the habit of like journaling every morning or reading her journal every morning. Yeah. So she starts making notes to herself too, to kind of lessen the blow. That's interesting because she said she didn't start journaling until she met Henry. 
So it's not like a habit that she had Mm. prior. So I'm wondering how is she even remembering to do it unless she puts a sticky note on it said open, read or something. You know what I mean? So that I thought was interesting. So yeah, they're doing their routine. She ruins the sixth sense. (laughs) Yep. For for people watching the movie, not for her family. So if you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, do not watch this movie because, again, another 20-year-old Spoilers. movie. Spoilers. <laughs> and then she goes to bed before everybody, and then the her, fam- her family starts to do their routine. They wash mm-hmm. her clothes. They, re- they rewrap the tape that she gives I The Sixth Sense. I about this. Oh, you did. Sorry. <laughs> Where are we now? The next day? So the next day, she shows up at the restaurant. Henry shows, shows up at the restaurant. And she's building, again, a Waffle House, not a Waffle House, but a right. house made of waffles. And he very, like, cockily walks over with the toothpick, does the hinge thing, and her reaction is different today. She She's full of what Danielle would have been full of at the beginning, you get your hands my off fucking my food. food. <laughs> so then we get a montage of... Tr- Henry trying to get Lucy to notice him every day. He tries all the tricks. What gets her attention is him pretending he can't read. So she offers to read the menu to him and teach him a little bit about how to read. And then he's very proud of himself. They walk outside to their cars and he just walks to get into his car because he knows it's like the same routine every day. Right. And she's like, what the fuck, man? Like, that was the goofiest thing I've ever seen. But if you wanted to, like, talk to me that bad, I figured it was going <laughs> to go somewhere. And then he's trying to backtrack. And then she's just like, mahalo for the ego boost and, like, just drives off. He then shows up at her house. And Marlon's kind of like, stay away from my daughter. And Henry's like, like, I'm not going to give up type thing. And I think so. I thought he got to the house because they caught him like going after her or something, or it was that bad day she got a parking ticket. Was that uh, not yet? He just goes to their house on his own, yeah. Oh, I think he shows up to apologize to Lucy for not. Uh, and Marlon's like, stay away from her, like, we have enough going on, we don't need you in the mix, type thing. Yeah. And then, so then he starts to do things outside of the restaurant. Like he has, he pretends to have car trouble and needs his car jumped. That's when the dad, that I think that's when one of the times the dad finally finds him out there playing games. Yeah. Because Lucy almost runs over the poor penguin that he put over. She she does run over him. Yes. But he doesn't get hurt, luckily, because I guess the car is high enough. Yeah. Very dangerous game playing with the birds. And then my favorite scene is when Ula is pretending to beat up Henry and she pulls out a bat and just like fucking goes to town (laughs) and she's just screaming at him. (laughs) But then like Henry starts talking to her and she's like all sweet and stuff after she's just beat the shit out of this man on the side of the road. I loved every minute of Rob Schneider getting hit with that bat. Just say it It was a personal highlight. The day that dad and Doug see Henry, he has tied himself up like he's going to be. (laughs) And that's when Marlon's finally like, okay, 
come to the house because she's in the shop painting and she's singing Beach Boys. Wouldn't it be nice if we were older? That song? Yeah. Beach Boys. And Marlon says she only sings on the days that she meets you. So Marlon is starting to recognize like right. there's something to this relationship. Because the Beach Boys is what the mom, that's their, like their song, their yes. thing. And so Lucy would pack it when they would go to see, I put quotations there, to encourage him to come back soon, as soon as possible so that they, he would miss them yes. or whatever. So that's the importance for the song for Lucy. And then it's the next day at the restaurant, a cop is writing her a ticket for expired tags. She's arguing with him and then goes and looks at a newspaper and realizes like shit's fucked if they're so on top this is the part that i was like if they're so on top of everything how would you not make sure that her tags were in, like I think not they, expired i think because she can see the tags <sighs> like as she's getting into the car i'd be worried that she saw that the tags are i feel like he should have gone down to the police office and they're like, I'm and paying say, this. There can't be that many cops. Right. Just inform everyone, hey, the registration's up to date. Like, we're just trying to not make waves for our mentally ill daughter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, yeah, she has a really bad day. But they're also prepared for when they have a bad day. Like, they have Sue immediately things- calls Marlon right. and tells him she's having a bad day. There's a photo album with all the clippings from the accident. Then there's the stuff from, sorry, there's stuff from the doctor. She wants to also talk to the doctor. So like they have steps in place with yep. everything. And Henry's kind of just there as support, emotional support. Like he doesn't say much. She does ask who he is. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not really sure what to say here. The dad's like, honey, he's kind of your boyfriend. <laughs> And I think my favorite line is she was like, do we sleep together? Like, And he was like, I would, I would like that. <laughs> and then we meet uh, Dr. Keats, played by Dan Aykroyd at the Callahan Institute that is funded out of Sandusky, Ohio by T.B. Callahan, the automotive components tycoon, which if anyone Shout knows... Out. Tommy boy, that's who TB is. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Aykroyd was also in Tommy boy. And then of course, Adam Sandler. And why can't I think of Chris name? Farley? Chris Farley were really good friends. And so the doctor explains her condition to her. He says that it's stable, but most likely permanent. And then we see me, a secondary ca- character, 10 second Tom, whose memory only lasts 10 seconds instead of a day. And then as Lucy is saying goodbye to Henry for the evening, she says, I don't want you to strike out tomorrow. I'm a sucker for stargazer lilies. And so he shows up with lilies, which is this scene behind me, (laughs) and a VHS tape that he has made because he sneaks and gets all of the documentation that they I was like, he's got some video skills. Because how quickly did he pull all this stuff? And that was all fucking analog, man. <laughs> yeah, there was no YouTube to pull clips from. Yeah. 
so he gives her a video that explains like current events and what happened to her. It shows the article. Um, Marlon's not cool with it at first, but Henry's like, if it doesn't work, it's only one day. Like, right. let's see what happens. And she is upset for about an hour. And then she asks how the cow is. And then she can move on with the rest of her day. And so Marlon realizes, like, this is progress. This isn't having to do the same exact thing every day. And sure, some days are going to be better than others. But we need to start telling her. Because Henry does point out, like, one day she's going to look in the mirror and she's going to be old. And, like, you can't keep this charade up forever. Right. That (laughs) would be... (laughs) Literally, the look like the crib keeper (laughs) waking up one day, and so then we see her and Henry start to really have a relationship. She starts journaling and documenting her days so that she she can refresh her memory every morning. They go to a luau on the beach and meet all of her friends. He admits that he loves her. And then we see this montage of her saying nothing beats a first kiss as they progress in their dating, but she doesn't remember. It's not their I have first a, kiss. I have another debunked that okay, happens in this scene. So it says, contrary, okay, contrary to what mainstream cinema and their abundance of getting laid jokes may suggest, the practice of lay giving has a rich history in traditional Hawaiian culture it has often meant to signif- signify honor and love among the Hawaiian monarchy. It has since evolved to be used for celebratory purposes. For example, a lay may be given to a high school or college graduate, a bride and groom on their wedding day or anniversary, a dance dancer or singer after a performance, or special guests at an event. In the film, the characters wear, lay, wear lays at a gathering between friends for no apparent reason other than hawaii yeah we have definitely (laughs) appropriated the lays for all sorts of very horrible like when i even think about it like tiki parties and all that like hawaiian uh, luau parties and stuff like that i never even thought about it until i got older and so it's very interesting yep so eventually Henry takes Lucy to meet Jocko and she's asking Jocko questions and Henry's standing behind him, like getting him to nod and stuff. Well, Jocko the walrus, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> For those who don't know who Jocko is. I mentioned him in the beginning. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> and then she's like, should we take this relationship to the next level? And then she kind of has a cute little turnaround. She's like, I saw what you did with your hand and I'm so glad you did. And like pounces on him. (laughs) So as they're falling asleep, Henry asks Lucy to marry him. And she said, she's like, absolutely. But then she wakes up the next morning. Obviously her memory has been reset and she's freaked the fuck out because she's in bed with a stranger. And so her dad and Doug have to come in and kind of be like, no, like you're dating this guy memory loss watch the video right I, I, I kind of feel like why did he fall asleep in there like he should have gotten yeah. up you know but maybe he they just I, you know what it's like you're caking around and then 
boom. You go to sleep. Do you go to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) And the next thing you know, you fucking fall asleep. I'm waking Um, up and she doesn't remember who the fuck you are. (laughs) So as she's like watching the video processing and when she comes downstairs, she kind of overhears a conversation that Henry is having with her family because Henry, his whole plan was to go to Alaska to watch the whales or learn about the whales or something. Study walruses, Danielle. Whatever. Walrus, whales. Because you know know what they do beneath the ice. I love whales. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> walruses all right yes the walrus that he wants to watch the walruses okay but he is he's like i'm not doing that no more i got lucy like can't do that my, this is my life now and so lucy hearing that she's very upset and you know doesn't want him to give up his life for her she thinks that she's holding him back from his career and just being able to have like a normal life she she feels really bad and so they go on a date and she essentially is they're trying to have a good time but then she she's doing this because she's like this is our last hurrah she wants Mm -hmm. to break up she wants him to help her with her rewrite her journal because she wants to take all of him out of it because this is when she tells him that she's been journaling this whole time can you hear that no Mm -hmm. okay the motorcycle was loud and so he doesn't want to but he agrees because that's what she wants and so they break up and she's still journaling she's still following the same thing but like henry doesn't exist so we think and we get a montage of them like doing their separate activities he's working on his boat she's teaching art class at the institute and then we see henry saying goodbye to everyone at the aquarium because he's ready to to go on his voyage to Alaska to study not whales. And then we find out from Marlin that Lucy has moved out of the house. She has moved into the Institute full time because she doesn't want to be a burden on Marlin and Doug as well. And so um they they find they realize that um well Marlon and Doug come to say goodbye to Henry. They give him a box of Spam and Reese's that (laughs) Sue and Nick have sent. Um, And then Doug's like, I like like Spam and Reese's. And then he (laughs) takes the box. Like, who does that? Jesus, Doug. And Doug meets Alexis at this time, too. Or Alexa. Yes. Is Is Alexis or Alexa? She can't hear me. I, I think she went to sleep. <laughs> to say <that. sighs> Shit. The only potty I use is potty humor. <laughs> big splash with my toilet jokes. <laughs> oh. Oh shit. Okay. Alexa, what did you think about the movie Fifty First Dates? This might answer your question. 50 First Dates has an IMDb rating of 6.8 out of 10 from around 378,000 users and is rated PG-13. She said, I ain't got no opinion. (laughs) So Marlon also gives Doug a wrapped gift, or not Doug, Marlon, Marlon also gives Henry a wrapped gift for his voyage. 
and it happens to be like the Beach Boys greatest hit. So now Henry is all in his feels listening to Wouldn't It Be Nice while sailing and then decides he he needs to go find Lucy. And so he goes to the Institute and walks into her art class and, and he's like, do you, do you remember me? Do you have any idea who I am? She says, no, but follow me. And he goes to her art studio and it's just full of paintings of his face. And my personal favorite, him where his head is just an egg. <laughs> because she does mention that his head is shaped like an egg earlier in the movie. And she said, she tells him, I dream about you almost every night. And he responds that being with you is the only way to have a full and happy life. And you're the girl of my dreams. And I'm obviously the man of yours. And so the last scene is Lucy waking up. She has a, a tape that says, watch me. She's watching it. And it's her and Henry getting married and explaining about her head trauma. And then we see Doug and together in <laughs> the wedding footage. And then she walks up on deck and they are in Alaska studying, not whales. And <laughs> she has a daughter and then Marlon is with them as well. And that is 51st States. Well, we've got some fun facts we still got lingering. I had a, I still got a bunch of debunked. <laughs> Throughout the film, Ula speaks Hawaiian alongside English to Henry and his kids. Sadly, most locals wouldn't even be able to tell whether the things he said in Hawaiian are correct. When European missionaries first discovered, quote unquote, discovered, Hawaii in the late 1700s, they took it upon themselves to force the natives to learn English. Children who spoke Hawaiian at home were punished for using the language in school. Therefore, the Hawaiian language, along with much of, much of the culture, began to die out. Very few people still speak Hawaiian fluently, and those who can do so within their communities, locals don't use even well-known Hawaiian phrases like aloha, uh, mahalo, nearly as often as the film would suggest. I did not know that. Interesting. And this movie um, was dedicated to Adam Sandler's father, Stan Sandler, who died while they were making this movie. I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for him yeah. to continue shooting. Uh, at the end of the movie, Henry makes a video for Lucy to let her know what had happened since the accident that caused her memory loss. In the video, Henry says on one card, Red Sox win the World Series. The next card read, just kidding. The movie came out in February 2004. Later that year, the Red Sox actually broke an 86-year drought and won the World Series. And coincidentally, Drew Barrymore was on the field with Jimmy Fallon after the win while filming scenes for Fever Pitch. Adam Sandler likely came up with the joke because he is a Yankees fan. That's real foreshadowing and really cool that she <laughs> that he did that. Yeah. Maybe he helped break the curse. What else do we have? Among the first films in history, this was one of the first films in history to be released on the Blu-ray format back on June, black bleh, back in June of 2006, along with the Terminator from 1984, Underworld Evolution from 2006, Hitch from 2005, 
House of Flying Daggers from 2004, The Fifth Element from 97, and Triple X from 2002. Very, a very interesting mix of movies. The filmmakers weren't allowed to film at an airport because they were at Code Orange due to post-September 11 threats. And as a result, they filmed at a seaport near Pearl Harbor instead. I'm assuming that's at the beginning of the movie when he's saying goodbye to his. Another connection to you and Drew Barrymore, Jackie. Drew Barrymore was going to swim at Konohi Bay. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. After work, during filming, until a local told her about the shark-infested waters. So I've since learned you push their heads down and away from you or you punch them in the face <laughs> i'm gonna just try not to be in their area i'm trying to respect <laughs> them you know like i can't be mad they trying to eat me if i'm in their shit so it's true. I- i'm just gonna mind my business that's what i said i was like if i got bit by a shark you better believe i'm gonna tattoo of that shark bite The Whitmore's house is the same house the girls lived in in the movie Blue Crush from 2002. And the movie was originally titled 50 First Kisses, but changed to avoid confusion with Drew Barrymore's movie Never Been Kissed from 1999. Makes sense. And the original script was set in Seattle. Interesting. The hometown of the screenwriter, George Wing. But I believe Adam Sandler changed that. He does say that he likes, if he's going to do a movie, he wants it to be somewhere fun. Which makes sense when he's talking about like sailing up to Alaska and stuff. It's a whole hell of a lot less distance going from Seattle to Alaska than it is to go from Hawaii to Alaska. Because P.S., If you didn't know, Alaska and Hawaii are not next to each other like a map would (laughs) suggest to believe. Alaska (laughs) is up in Canada. (laughs) So it would take, I looked it up, it would take 19 days and seven hours estimation to take a boat from Hawaii to Alaska. And how long from Seattle to Alaska? Well, I didn't know those details. I had looked this up first. Hold (laughs) on. Please. Some of Lucy and Henry's dialogue was improvised by Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. They just have such good chemistry. It makes me so happy to see them on screen together. Same. And Seattle to Hawaii takes two days at sea. You're correct. Very, very (laughs) close. (laughs) Versus the 19 days. Anything else we got? I do believe... I have some more debunked, maybe. Let's see. Okay, I do. Despite white people making up less than half of the resident population in Hawaii, they make up almost all of the local main characters of the film. Native Hawaiians are less than 10% of the population and are represented in the film by Rob Schneider's character, Ula. Schneider himself is not Hawaiian, as we said before, but is part Filipino, an ethnicity of which there are many in Hawaii. The majority of Hawaiians, Hawaiian residents are or have ancestors who are Asian immigrants. However, aside from Sue, played by the half-Japanese Amy Hill, 
there are only two other minor care minor unnamed Asian characters in the film who have five or six lines total between them. Well, and Nick has some. Yeah, I think that's who they were saying was unnamed. I think it's one unnamed and okay. Nick. And the grumpy guy. Well, no, there are two. Yeah, there's Nick and then there's two other unnamed because there's the guy who's playing golf with them. He says a few lines as well. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, there we have it. 50 first dates. Before we get into present day ratings, just want to remind you guys to follow us on social if you haven't already. We are really trying to get those numbers up on YouTube. So if you could prioritize, if you haven't yet, go subscribe. It would be very helpful for us. It's No More Late Fees, and it's at No More Late Fees on any other platform, such as Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Threads. We Please also give need us a follow. watch hours <laughs> yeah. on YouTube, so just run it in the background while you're... Yeah. Doing things, just mute it, run it in the background. We just need those watch hours. <laughs> yeah, really appreciate you. Thanks. Present day ratings. As I've said before, this is a comfort movie for me. I watch it fairly often, always on my iPad, ready to go if I need it. Uh, still love the Koopa Wagen. I love Drew Barrymore. And it is a would buy it again for me. So obviously earlier I said it's not it's not going to be, you know, but I was messing with you as much as there's some little things that I'm like, eh, I still really love this movie as much as I love Wedding Singer. So it is still a would buy again for me. Yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> Our first 2024 employee pick of the year. Why are you trying to mess with me? Mess with my you emotions, know, Danielle. When you've been married a long time, <laughs> you got to freshen up things in the bedroom. I didn't react how you thought I was going to react, though. No, you did. <laughs> I played it cool. You had some sort of emotion. Kept my emotions on the inside. What you normally do. So <laughs> am I surprised? No, not at all. Well, if you have opinions about 50 First Dates or really anything 95 to 2005 movie related in general, or just want to say hi, sing us a song, please call in 909-601-NMLF, 909-601-6653, twat us at the Twitters or X or whatever we're calling it now, or hem us at the threads and you could be featured on a future episode. Oh, we have a birthday shout out. We do. Our wonderful girl, Stephanie. And if you've listened to our Selena episode, you have met Stephanie. If you haven't listened to our Selena episode, go listen to our Selena episode and meet Stephanie. She is such a supporter of the show on Patreon, as well as coming on the show and following us on social. We really appreciate everything that she does for the show. And we love her dearly. We love you, Stephanie. And fuck Yolanda. Yeah. Yeah. Anything for Salinas. <laughs> <laughs> and join us next week as we get into the raunchy comedy that is Eurotrip. I'm really excited. I say I, that about most movies, but I'm really, really excited. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs>
And as always, be kind and rewind.